Welcome to the Revive Podcast with Pastor Jennifer Kofi. Be blessed as you listen to today's message. Let's be on our feet as we prepare to take the word of God, to be fed, to receive life this morning. And we want to take our um, main text. There will be a lot of reading of the Bible today, but we want to take a few verses from Second Kings chapter 3 as our key text. We'll pray and then we will get into the word. Second Kings chapter 3 verse 11. We'll skip to 16 to 18. So we'll take Second Kings chapter 3 verse 11 and then we'll skip a few verses and go into 16 to 18. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's up. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. 16. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. 17. And this is a simple 17. For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple thing. Other versions say an insignificant thing. Other versions say small thing in the sight of the Lord. He, he will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Amen. And Father, we thank you so much, O oh God, for your word. Come in your power. Come in your might. Speak to our hearts, O oh God. Let the meditations of my heart, the words of my mouth, let them be acceptable to you. I yield myself to you, O oh God. Have your way. Speak to us, O oh God. Touch us. Turn us around. Do what only you can do in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. The only reason I ask us to stand when we take a key verse is to just honor the word of God. The word of God is above everything. He says that he has exalted his word above his name. So if God has put his word above his own name, then we must treat the word of God as such. Amen. Amen. Um, technically, I was hoping that I'd sit down today and hear Bite preach because I missed last week. Um, but then I hear there was some assessment, so I had to swap places. So God willing, next um, Sunday, I'm still hoping they come today so that next Sunday um, we'll be blessed by Bite. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, so the passage we just read is, is, is a story. Old Testament texts are usually in story forms. Now, what happened was the king of Israel at the time, at the time, the, the nation was divided into two. So there were two kingdoms. There was Judah and then there was Israel. And so the king of um, Israel finds that the Moabites, who prior to this point 
were under the hand of the king of Israel. So Ahab ruled Israel prior to this point. And during the reign of Ahab, and perhaps even before that, the Moabites would send tribute to the king of Israel. So they were under the hand of um, Israel. Now, at this point where we are reading, the new king of Israel realizes that the Moabites have decided that they would not do so anymore. When you read the scripture from the very top, you would understand that the tribute they were paying was not easy. It wasn't small. And so they decided, oh, please forget this. I mean, Ahab was wicked, but this one, he's gentle. He's been all godly. He's trying to be godly. So, yeah, we'll not do this anymore. So there was a rebellion. And in this rebellion, the king of Israel said, no, I'm not going to allow this. You are supposed to be under us, and I'm not going to let you go. And so he decides that he's going to go against them in battle. He's going to go, he, he, he was going to go and fight them. However, he figured that, oh, if I go alone, maybe they can overpower me. And so he calls to Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah at the time, and says, will you come to battle with me against the Moabites? And Jehoshaphat says, I mean, you are like me. Your people are my people. My people are your people. Of course, I will go with you. And he says, but how are we going to go? And he says, don't worry. Um, already gotten the king of Edom to be part of us. So they were going to go through Edom and then go and attack the Moabites. So these are three kings coming together with their armies, going to fight some insubordinate people. <laughs> but what happens is that in their journey or trying to find access and trying to find the right timing and trying to find all of that to get to the people of Moab, what happens is that the, their, their preparation what they carried, what they, what they had packaged to, you know, water and their supplies got finished. And then it pushed them into panic mode. And so here was the king of Israel who had set his mind to go out against these people. And all of a sudden, water is finished. The animals are not getting water. The armies are not drinking water. And he, he's beginning to panic. And he says, oh, surely God sent us out here so that we will be disgraced in front of the people of Moab. And I am thinking that but for Jehoshaphat in that company, they would have just turned back and gone back to their places and allowed the situation to continue as it is. Rebellion, they rebel, they are on their own, you are on your own. But then in verse 11, Jehoshaphat says, no, don't be too quick to act. And he says, there has to be a way that we can hear God's mind on this situation. And in the olden days, you, are, you would know that in, in, in Bible days, in the Old Testament, one of the key ways that people would be able to find out what God was saying is to go through maybe a, a man of God or a prophet of, of God. So you remember in the situation where the donkeys of um, Saul's father were lost, they also went and found Samuel, who was the, the prophet of God at the time, and they were able to inquire or hear the mind of God. So that is the way they were able to get to God and, and hear what God had. So Jehoshaphat says, no, there has to be a way to get God's mind 
on this situation. And in verse 16 going, we actually hear what God's mind on the situation is. And God's mind in that situation was that, no, you don't need to go back. You are actually, I mean, the ultimate goal of getting victory over the Moabites is already granted. And this temporary issue of not having water is a small matter. So that is actually God's response to the situation. However, if they did not turn to God, if they did not find out, if they did not inquire of the Lord, they would have just given up because they had hit a blockade or hit a, 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 a difficult spot. They would have just turned back. And so today I just meditating on everything, I mean, from last year until this year, I want to speak to us on pray again, pray again, pray again, pray again, hallelujah. There are so many different texts in scripture, so many um, readings of scripture that give us pictures of people getting into prayer to be able to know the mind of God, hallelujah. When you Go into the word of God. Bible tells us that even Jesus himself in the place where he was pressed under what his will would have wanted versus what he knew was the mind of God. Jesus went into prayer. Hallelujah. We know that the, the apostles and the disciples of Jesus, they had gathered in the upper room. They had received the power of the Holy Spirit. God's word to them that they would be fishers of men and that they would do even greater works had begun. They were healing. They were, they, they, their people were being won to God. And then in Acts chapter 4, we find that after they healed the man at the temple, they are caught and literally threatened to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. And so these people come back, Bible says, to their own company, to the rest. And they tell them what happens. And they don't start crying or they don't say, oh, forget those people. What they do is that they go back into prayer. They say, Lord, this is what we've come upon. This is the challenge we have experienced. And they begin to pray about it. And when they pray, what happens? They receive another unction. This unction gives them the boldness to continue in what they had begun. Hallelujah. There are other stories, other, other situations um, in Exodus and um, in the Living Word devotional. That's what Dr. Otobill has been dealing with. In Exodus, we see God tell Moses, go, and I will use you to bring my people out. And, I mean, it, it sounds great by this point because Moses has seen, you know, his hand get leprous, brings it out, no leprosy. I mean, the miracle of the, the, the rod has been done, and the, the rod of Aaron swallows up the rest. So all these things have happened, and so by this time, of course, Moses um, is, is pumped. But what happens he hits a, a blockade. And what, what is that? He goes to tell Pharaoh that let the people go. And then Pharaoh is like, <laughs> these people are joking. And he says, make, make their burden, make their weight even more. Make their weight even more. Make it more difficult for them. And because of that, the people begin to pull back. The people begin to say, oh, no. <laughs> we like the first burden that we had. We are not going anywhere. And that begins to discourage Moses. And so when Moses 
gets this response from the people, what does Moses do? He doesn't say, oh, it's over. Or he doesn't say, hey, I'm still going to. He goes back to God and he says, God. And he begins to use his mind and he begins to break it down to God the way he understands it. He's like, see, God, the thing here is that if the people that will benefit or the people you've sent me to, that you are going to do something for, they are the ones going to come out of bondage. If they can't accept it, how is Pharaoh going to accept it? And Moses was literally telling God that we can end this whole thing here. Don't go and embarrass me. Don't go and, 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 and say something that really won't happen. You know, I'm just not ready for this. Let's stop it here. But in Exodus chapter 6, we'll read from 12 and 13, you realize that God tells him that, look, go and do what I have said. So I'm just imagining that in all these texts and in all the, the different scriptures, if these people did not get back into a place of prayer, if these people did not turn back to God and say, hey, this is what we've come upon, this is what is going on, how would God move? How would you know the mind of God? Hallelujah. From last year, for instance, for this church, God released the word to us. Um, we were just about to enter into our, what's the end of year one? revive conference and I mean we were waiting on the Lord and our theme was we wait and God spoke to us from Isaiah 32 15 and said see when the spirit is poured out he says the wilderness will become a fruitful field and the fruitful field will become a forest we received that word and we entered into this year and we entered on a note of prayer. We, we, we started out in our two weeks fasting. We were praying online. We were coming here. The word of the Lord was released to us um, through different vessels of, of God. And we, we stood in the place of prayer. And we were standing with Habakkuk chapter 2. It says, stand your watch and, 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 and see what God will say to you. And we use that to, to, you know, to receive vision and clarity for the year. But I want to ask us that where are you now? For many people, what you received is either you've forgotten about it or your pace in working or walking towards that thing has been slowed. Slowed down by all kinds of things. You had a job last year and then the word increase was released and you get excited. By all means, a promotion is going to come. More money is going to come. And you enter into the year of increase and the little that you had coming in is even stopped. Maybe you don't have that job anymore or you don't have that source of income anymore or something springs up on you and it's almost like that goes against the vision and the picture that God has for you. What do you do at that point? My answer to you this morning is that you pray again. Don't leave prayer for the beginning of the year. Don't leave prayer for when you're about to start something. Always go back to the Lord and inquire of the Lord because most often than not, God has a word even in the midst of what you're walking through. Imagine the picture we took from Habakkuk chapter 2 where you stand upon your watch, you stand on the rampart and we understood that that is a thick wall that surrounds the city and the watchmen stand there and they are able to look from that height and see what is coming. So imagine that you looked and then you, you could assess what was happening and then you get off that high tower and you are off that high tower for a month. You don't know what situation has changed. You don't know what else is happening. You don't know how God wants you to shift or how God wants you to move and so you miss out on certain things. So no matter what is happening at this point, I want to just encourage you 
to pray again. Don't, don't let us not leave the place of prayer. Let us not leave the place of prayer, no matter the heights we experience, because sometimes it's good things that happen. And then you think, oh, like, I'm just going to fly with this. Wow, open door. And yet God is speaking and God wants to tell you and God wants to engage you. And I'm, when I say pray again, I'm not talking about your morning devotion, 30 minutes giving God, you know, like, oh, yes, you are God. I'm talking about those situations that come up that you can purposefully bring before God and say, God, this is what you said. This is where I am. What next? What next? What next? What next? What next? A sickness, a, a, a loss, uh, you know, a new opportunity that stands before you and calling for God's mind to be made known to you on it. I want to ask us this morning, do you remember what you started the year with? What word did you start the year with? In the last two weeks, I've had to come back into the place of prayer and just, you know, begin to talk to God again about the things he told me at the beginning. Because I, I was in a place where I said, it's not, it's not looking like it. It's not looking like what you said in the beginning. So God, what is it? And you know, the beautiful thing about when you come back into the place of prayer and you speak to God is he answers. It may not be what you want to hear. It may not be how you want to hear it, but he will surely answer you. Hallelujah. So where are you right now? Do you remember what God started you out in this year with? Do you remember what word he put on your heart and what direction and what focus he gave to you? Because I believe he gave people emphasis, things they should emphasize on, things they should cut down on. God did all of that. Do you even remember? And if you remember, are you actually walking in it? The only way to keep connected to the ultimate vision is to keep in the place of prayer, is to stay in the place of prayer, is to stay in the place of prayer. If King Jehoshaphat had not said, mm -hmm, wait, let's inquire of God, they would have made a mistake. They would have looked at that present circumstance of not having water to drink and imagined that, okay, God's sand is not even in it. Let's go back. But that present challenge was not what would determine God's voice. God has one voice and it's important that we keep listening out for his voice. And that should be what spares us on. That should be what pushes us. That should be what leads us to do anything. Hallelujah. Jesus did not stay in, 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 in a place of a high horse mindset and say, oh, you know, I came from heaven and, you know, I got this. I know, I know. Father, I know. I know that you sent me to die. No, he went into the place of prayer because he recognized that his will was, was, about, was caving under the weight of what was before him. He did not pretend. And it's interesting how we say we believe in God, but when we are shouldering heavy burdens, somehow a believer thinks that are just manage. And how do I know that believers think that way? Because they don't bring their heavy burdens to God. They continue to pretend. They come to church. They are smiling. You ask them, how are you? They are saying, oh, we are good. But I know Hannah did not do that. Hannah came before the Lord and broke in prayer and cried out with her whole heart. And God heard that. 
There's a place for desperate prayer. There's a place to engage God and seek out his mind on those specific things that are happening that don't seem like what he said. The disciples, when you, when you go into um, the, the text in Matthew 6, um, the disciples were crossing over um, to another side, hallelujah. And when you go into those scriptures, when you go into those Matthew, Mark 4, and then Luke 8, rather, when you go into those, those passages, I'm just imagining these people in a boat, and Jesus is in the boat with them. What could possibly go wrong? It was on Jesus' word. Jesus said, let us cross. Let's go to the other side. On that word, they stepped out. And Jesus is actually in the boat with them. And they, they begin to move to the other side and a storm arises. And my thought here is two things are happening here. A storm arises that needs to be dealt with. These people have been with Jesus. And when Jesus wakes up and deals with a storm, he actually tells them, I mean, faithless people. Which means that they had what it took to deal with a storm, to actually rebuke the storm. But they didn't. But my point here is that even though their faith was failing, the faith to call on Jesus did not fail. And because that faith did not fail, they were not stuck in the situation of the storm. They still made it to the other side. Hallelujah. How many of us have left Jesus sleeping? So we spoke to Jesus in the morning. We spoke to Jesus at the beginning of the year. And he said A, B, C, D to us. And then we are on that journey and things are happening and, 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 and we, don't, we, don't, we don't need him. We don't call him. We are, we are trying to figure it on our own. Oh, oh if, if it doesn't do this, okay, then I'll call this person. Then I'll do this. Then I'll try this. Oh, I'll go for that herb. Oh, oh, oh I'll drink this and then it will help my health. And, and we, are, we are working everything in our human power to get the thing done when we can call on him. If you don't have the faith to rebuke it, Jesus is still there. You can call him. Don't leave him sleeping when he's in your life. Yes, they didn't have the faith to rebuke the storm, and Jesus rebukes them for that. But they had enough faith to call him, and he intervened. Don't take decisions. Don't make a move. Don't change course. Don't get into a line of action without going back to God. It's interesting how in, a, in, 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 in just a moment, things can change. In just a moment, things can shift. Things can change. In just a moment, you're, you're, you are doing something. And from the beginning, the person's heart is right. And along the path, maybe something happens and the person's heart changes. You don't know that. But if you were in the place of prayer, bringing that thing to God, God, this is what we are doing. This is, you would, you would know. I was watching a video clip yesterday, um, yesterday I think it was, uh, of a, a service, and there's a prophet who is ministering, and he's ministering to a lady, and, you know, talking to her about childbirth and all that, and then he mentions a name. Then a man runs from the back, he says, I am the one. 
says, who are you? He says, I'm her husband. Then the prophet asks the man, do you love her? He says, yes. I love her. The prophet is like, you really love her? He says, yes, I love her. The prophet is like, mm, mm, you are lying. You don't, you, don't, you don't love her. So the long and short of it is that in the man's heart, he has decided that his wife is not giving birth. So he, he started courting another lady already. That is actually what is happening in real life. But in pretense life, he loves her. But the only way to know things is if you are engaged with God. In business, whatever it is, is if you're still with God. If you're still in that place of prayer, still bringing these things. You don't just pray, God, give me a husband. God, give me a wife. And you get married and then you go and sleep. God, I want to work here. I want to work here. And you get the opportunity and then you, 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 that's it. No. We must stay in the place of prayer. We must stay in the place of prayer. We must stay in the place of prayer. Let's always engage God. Even when it looks like things are not going the way we want it. Let's get back to God. I've brought examples from the Old Testament and the New Testament for us to understand this, that that is the pattern, that is the way to walk with God. Even in the old and in the new, God required that we would come to him and we would seek his face in the issues of life. That is what he required us to do. So what does praying again? I know you prayed before. I, I get that. I know you, you fasted over that situation and you didn't hear anything or, or, or something happened and you thought this is the way I should go and I'm going in that way and now I don't know. I know you've prayed before, but pray again. Pray again. When we pray again, what happens? And I'm just going to say seven things. There could be more. And when you engage these scriptures you would realize or so much would come to you. But when we pray again, when we don't lose sight of seeking God's mind, the first thing that happens is that we allow God to stay committed to his word and his purpose. God is committed to his word and his purpose. But for his word and his purpose to play out in your life, you have to give him the room to function. And so praying again allows that to happen. When God said, let us go to the other side to his disciples, he meant that. That was exactly what he was going to cause to happen. And a storm rising on that journey cannot stop God. It cannot. It cannot. In, in another place, Bible tells us that Jesus was praying at night and the disciples were in the middle of the sea. This was the passage in which Peter would walk on water. And Bible says they, they came up on a storm and they were terrified. And somehow Jesus knew that they were in trouble and Jesus walked the water. And Peter saw and Peter said, hey, who, what is this? Initially they were, they were scared. They thought it was a ghost. And Peter says, God, if it is you, let me come to you. And Jesus says, do come. And when, when Peter begins to walk, he begins to look at the other things. He loses sight. He begins to sink. But what happens? Bible says immediately they were on the other side. <laughs> when they received Jesus into the boat, they were on the other side. So what God intends to do, he will do it. He is committed to his word to you. He's more committed to his words to you than to his feelings, to, to your feelings, I mean. 
God is committed to his word and the purpose over your life than how you feel today. And that is why there are times where you cry and pray and you want this and God does not give that particular thing to you in that time because God is committed to us an ultimate goal. God was committed to Jesus Christ dying and rising up. And so in the place of prayer where Jesus was crying out and saying, God, not my will but yours. Oh God, that the cup will pass over me. God didn't tell him I've changed my mind. Jesus had told the disciples, go to the other side in Mark 4. Go to the other side and they get in the boat and Jesus is with them and they are going to the other side and a storm happens. And they call on Jesus to answer what they could have worked out. But Jesus, God was so committed to the purpose that he did it anyway. And then he corrected them. Do you think that God will pack all of his promises and his, 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 his plans for your life just because maybe you made a mistake? No. In the process of prayer, he will show you, but he will still accomplish what he's called you to do. So pray again. Pray again. Pray again. Prayer is a way that we submit to God's will and to God's purposes for our lives. Remember when we talked about prayer and we looked at the model prayer, the Lord's prayer. When you come to the verse 10 in, in, in Matthew 6, in the Lord's prayer, it says, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now prayer True prayer, any true prayer is what brings you into the place of submission to the word of God, the mind of God, the purposes of God. And so Jesus in this place of prayer was, was he, his flesh was saying, uh -uh. <laughs> hey, the nail, no, the nail, hey, the whip, hey, I'll die. I'll be separated from God if you look at it even to that level. But in the place of prayer, his will came under the very act of bringing something before God is literally saying that God, I don't know it. You know. I don't know anything about, about how to make a great church. You know. And so I, I will fall back on my knees. I will come back to my knees because, you know, people can tell you what they, they know. People can advise you. People can tell you do it this way and use strategy A, B, C and go and read this. But God alone builds his church. And so come back to the place of prayer because it is the place where you come into submission. It's a place where it's not your will but his will be done. It's a place where the power of God comes even into effect and then he begins to move. He begins to move beyond and above what you feel and what you think and how things are going for you. Prayer. Prayer brings you into the place of submission to the word of God and to the purposes of God. Hallelujah. The third thing prayer does is prayer brings you perspective and it brings you clarity. If you stood your watch, like Habakkuk says, to see what God will say to you, why won't you go back to pray, go back into prayer, go back into standing your watch when it gets foggy? When things happen and it's like you can't see your way through, why won't you go back into prayer and receive clarity and receive vision and receive insight and have God tell you what 
you should do, why won't you go back into the place of prayer? Why won't you go back into the place of prayer when, when you have received the word originally from God? Yes, you know, but along the journey, things are happening. Things are coming your way like we read in our, in our text. And things are happening and it doesn't look like it anymore. Do you just take a decision? Or you get back into prayer and you say, God, this and this and this is what you told me. This is what is happening. I don't understand. Help me. Help me. Prayer releases perspective, divine perspective, the mind of God. When you go into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Bible tells us that who knows the mind of a person except the spirit that is in him. And then when you go down, it tells us that, but you have the mind of God. In other words, if we engage God, you will know exactly what he has for you. Because the spirit of God has been released to make known to you the mind of God. So why do we leave it at that? Why do we do play guessing? Why do we play guessing? When we can get back into the place of prayer and receive word, receive clarity for what we should do. Prayer brings clarity. So in the text we read in, 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 in 2 Kings 3, they could have just turned back. But they sought the Lord, they inquired. And then God makes it clear to them that, see, what you are even looking for right now is just water. But I have a full plan and that is that the Moabites will be conquered by you and you will even take other cities. You will even take other cities. There are times where, you know, you are walking through life and you come upon a difficult place and your, your vision is clouded by just that situation. Your, your, your whole vision, I was on a Zoom call yesterday and it was um, by a, a, an ex or a, a cancer survivor. So she gathered a few people and had um, different speakers speak on different aspects of wholeness. But... Just listening to them, you realize that when you go through certain things, it can shift your whole perspective. And I, later on, I was thinking through what they had said. And I was just thinking, um, one, of, one, of, one, one thing that came up was how cancer is able to shift your whole view. So when you go through the, an experience like that, suddenly the things that you before thought oh no let me put this aside I have to do this I have to force I have to work every day no vacation no this no that and even your children don't get the best of you because you're working suddenly your view changes and that's a good thing your view changes and you realize what is really important in life and that's a good thing but I was just thinking I think an example was given of someone who decided that she was going to use all of her money to do a b and c and I was just thinking that even if you went through something like that it would be important for you to come back and see God's mind. Because the fact that you have cancer and you realize that you don't have much time to live does not mean that you can get up and do whatever you want. Someone will say, oh, let me get out on the town. Charlie, what I've not done, let me do everything. It doesn't mean that you should act that way. It would be important that you come back to God and God leads you on what to do in that time because that's the only way you will make impact. I'm telling you, you can go through certain things that can blind you to God's plan for you. And that is why you cannot leave your place of prayer. You need to come back into that place and begin to seek the mind of God, the perspective of God. Let the mind of 
God be in you in the place I believe in Gethsemane as Jesus was praying and, and, and just talking to God about how his, he, he would wish that he didn't have to bear this. I believe that God began to show Jesus pictures of what would happen after about the world being saved, about, about nations and you and I in generations and generations and generations afterwards turning to Christ and it made it all worth it. We've seen people get into marriages that they believed God had for them. And along the way, something happens and they allow the pain to stop them from fighting for what God has for them. But we will not be so. We will come back into the place of prayer. We will pray again. We will receive clarity. We will get perspective, God's mind on what must be done. And we will walk in that. Hallelujah. Fourth thing that prayer and praying again does is that it releases grace and divine enablement to do what God has called you for. It's not always easy to keep in line and to keep going. You can come to certain places where you are too tired, too weird, weighed down and weary. But the word of God tells us, let us not be weary in well-doing. And so it's important that you receive strength to keep going. It's important that you receive strength to keep going. Hallelujah. Hebrews tells us that we should come boldly into the throne of grace where we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in times of need. One of the things that prayer does and praying again does is that it gives you strength to keep going. It gives you strength to keep going. When you read Luke chapter 22, that version of Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, it tells us in the verse 42 or 43, I believe it's 43, that verse tells us that when Jesus prayed in Gethsemane, it says, and then angels ministered unto him. He received strength for the assignment that he knew he had to go to, but he felt too tired to keep going. What are you tired of, 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 of doing are you tired of, of, of coming to church because you're not seeing any change in your life? Are you tired in that, in that area of business that you started with so much hope, but it's like you're not getting the fruit. You're, you're tired of being so good to people because they keep disappointing you. They keep turning their backs on you. You're tired. But when we get into the place of prayer, we allow God to charge us up. We allow God to release divine strength, to release grace for us, for whatever he has called us for. And so we must pray again. We must not stop praying. Don't stop bringing that issue before the Lord. Don't, don't stop. Don't say that, oh, uh, before, this was, this, I didn't hear anything. No, come back. Come back. Prayer releases grace and divine enablement. In Acts chapter 4, when the disciples, when, when um, Peter and John come back after being told and threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus, they come back to their own and they tell them, and Bible says all of them lift up their voice and there was another release of the power of the Holy Spirit. Unction fell upon them and they received boldness to continue to preach. What are you, what are you afraid of? Pray again. 
I mean, can you imagine experiencing what happened in Acts chapter 2? Tongues of fire falling on everybody's head. There's a speaking of tongues. People are born in drones to the Lord. That experience was a high point. And most times when you have experienced a high point, you just, you feel like it's okay. And you begin to give yourself titles and names and you, you stay there. See one vision is finished. You become the interpreter of everybody's dreams. But if you stay in the place of prayer, God does more in you, for you, through you. So pray again. They could have said, oh, we are the apostles who received the tongues of fire. They could have done all of that. But no, they came back to their own and they said, this is what we experienced. And they, they, they just began to talk to God and they began to pray. And God released fresh strength for them. So pray again. Pray again. Pray again. Another thing that praying again does. Excuse me. Is that it allows God to do what he wants to do in you. And so if there's something, for instance, off, it allows God to work on that thing. Oftentimes, people come to God and like you have a prayer topic. And you are, you are presenting that thing to God. Give me this. Give me this. God, give me this. And God is looking at you and God knows that right this moment that you are praying for, give me this. This is what I need to do in your life. I've told you before my experience when... Um, I was praying that God will, will give us children and bless us with children. And I was praying for this and I was praying fervently. And I was sensing God tell me things that were unrelated. Do this, do that. And I'm like, ah, I'm asking for this, answer me. And the more I prayed, the more God was sending me in different directions. And what I've come to understand is that God needed to settle those issues in my life. It wasn't that the miracle was too big for him because when God decided to bless us with children, we had three children, we had them every year. So it wasn't that God was limited in power. No. No. Like, we were begging God, we don't want again. And boom. The, between David and Micaiah and David, it's not up to a year. Like, that is how powerful God is. But the point is that when you come into the place of prayer, God is able to work on things that need to be dealt with. If you are really engaging God, I'm not talking about the one that you wake up and oh God, thank you for this day. I'm off. Take care of me. I'll see you in the evening. I'm talking about when you talk to God about your life. When you talk to God about the things that are before you and you're telling God, God, I don't just want to do my own thing. I want your hand. I want you to show me. When you pray that kind of prayer, like the model prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then God begins to do more in you. And he says, you know, forgive so that I will forgive you. And God cannot ignore those things just because you want. Praying again. And coming back again allows God to deal with things in our lives. Remember the story in Joshua chapter 7 where the children of Israel go into battle. They go and fight the people of Ai. And it was supposed to be a battle that would surely go in their favor. But they were beaten. They were, it didn't work. And Bible says when they came back, Joshua fell on his face. He tore his clothes and the elders 
were with him. And he wouldn't get up from the floor. And he said, God, why? You knew they would over. Why did you send us? What is this? What, what, what is the problem? You see, in that time of prayer, God was able to tell Joshua that, yeah, there's actually a problem. You went into battle and there was sin in your camp. And that is what will lead to them finding that Achan had taken things that he was not supposed to take. And that issue had to be dealt with. When we stay in the place of prayer, it may not be the answer that you, you know, the prayer request that you're pushing. Give me this. Open this door. Lord God, visa too. It may not be that, but God will take that opportunity to begin to deal with some bitterness. To begin to deal with some pride. You see, God will, will, will use that and begin to talk to you about things in your life that you need to let go of. Or things that you need to bring on. If you would get back on your knees. And honestly, sometimes... God stays his hand from intervening in certain situations because that is what will drive you to your knees. And when you come to that place of nothingness, brokenness, and you are laid before the Lord, then he begins to remold and he begins to work again. Another thing that praying again does is that it keeps you on track. It keeps you on track. So you've heard the word of the Lord and you're doing it and life happens. Things are happening. There are pulls and demands from everywhere. But if you would stay in the place of prayer, you would constantly sense God's heart about what you need to do at every point in time. You would literally, yes, hear a voice behind you telling you this is the way you should go. Go in it. It is in the place of prayer that we allow God to talk to us. If bites he's my husband if he decides like to share something with me and he's talking and I go and I turn the radio on or the tv on and I'm walking around the house I've gone to the drying line I've gone to the gate and all this time he's talking I wouldn't have heard his heart he did not he, he didn't keep what he wanted to tell me from me but I was the one who was not in the place to hear it but when we stay and we wait and we pray again. What happens is that you hear God's heart and you are able to walk in it. Hallelujah. You are able to walk in it. That This story, this Old Testament story, it troubles me. When I think about it, I'm always troubled. I always, I ask myself, God, but you could have, in 1 Kings 13, where the young prophet hears from the Lord and he's on that, like he's, he's trying to do that. And then he hears another word from an old prophet and he goes with that because he trusted that judgment. This morning as I was pondering, or it wasn't part of my text, but as I was pondering over this sermon, the thought came to my mind, what if he had taken the time to inquire of the Lord again? This is what you said, God, to me. This is what I'm doing, but this is what is coming. What should I do? God would have told him again, Stay this track. Don't move out. But he failed to go back to source. He failed to go back. Bible tells us how his end was. He was devoured. He died. A man who was supposed to be on a mission for God. Because he did not get back 
to his source and ask, okay, what do I do in this situation? What do I do in this situation? Sometimes the response is nothing. Don't do anything. Stand still and see the salvation. Sometimes that is the response of God. Other times God will tell you, do this, do that. But praying again keeps you in line. It keeps you on track. It keeps you in line and it keeps you on track. You won't veer off. You won't veer off because sometimes that the road looks like it's taking a natural bend. And because of life's pressures and everything happening, you feel like I must go that bend. But if we stay with God and we pray again, don't say you already know. What do you know? What do I know? Pray again. Pray again. When we come back into the place of prayer, God tells us and leads us by his word and by his spirit how to walk and we are able to stay on track. So many people start out good. I'm telling you. So many people start out good. Start out okay. But because we take it for granted. Like a pastor. Oh, I know how to do everything. This is how we do this. This is how we do this. And so we don't see God's mind. We don't come back to God and say, this is the specific issue before me. Maybe it's a counseling need. Oh, I've, I've done this one before. And then God will begin to tell you, no, do this. Do it this way. And at the end of the day, you realize that you've told the line of God. You didn't do your own will. But if we don't come back, the tendency for our will to go in its own direction is high. And at the end of the day, you look back and you're wondering, how did I even make that mistake? It's because you didn't come back to ask God. Finally, prayer. And praying again and again and again will bring manifestation of God's word and God's will in our lives. Jesus did go to the cross. Beyond Gethsemane, Jesus went to the cross. He died, but he didn't stay in the grave. He rose on the third day. He rose and has taken his place. He's king of all the earth. And today we are his. Hallelujah. The disciples did get to the other side in spite of the storm that came up. They did get to the other side. The storm could have killed them. It could have turned their boat upside down. But they had enough faith to shout and cry out, Jesus, save us So You don't care that we are going to die. Point is, if we belong to him, Jesus will intervene. He won't let you go into destruction. And then after he can deal with what you didn't get right. They made it to the other side. The gospel did not end in Acts 4. We are seated here today. And daily many people are getting saved. People in regions that typically they should not get saved. In Arabic nations and Muslim countries and in, in places, people are getting saved. Why? Because these people knew to come back to the source. They knew to come back to their knees and receive grace to keep going. 
if we will make any impact and if we will bring people to Christ in this time, we must be people who repeatedly, consistently get on our knees. You see, it's in prayer that God tells you, do this. Do this. You, do, you may not even know why, but that could save. That could bring another person to, to the knowledge of Christ. In Exodus, even though Pharaoh said, no, they are not going. Moses goes back to God and says, hey, it doesn't look like this thing will work. But it does work. We see how it works. We know that they came out of captivity. The Red Sea was before them. The army of Egypt was behind them. They didn't know what to do. And even in that place, Moses prays again. God is like, ah, I've given you what it takes. You see, the thing about praying again is that you might feel like you are troubling God. Or it may even be that, oh, it's faithless prayer. But it allows God to speak again. It allows God to tell you again. It allows God to remind you of who he's made you. We know that Moses, God told him, raise your rod. And he did. And the sea parted. And here the children of God walking through walls, walls, sea that stands as walls. And they were walking on bare ground. They came out of Egypt. And Egypt could not pull them back. Because when the, the, the Egyptian army tried, the walls came down on them. The walls of water came down on them. In the story of, the, of, of Israel going against the Moabites and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom joining them, we know when you read on that they actually overcame. They sought the mind of God, they received that word, and they went against the people. The water, the, 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 what they were worried about, that they didn't have water to drink. God said to them through Elisha, he said, see, go and dig trenches. Because you won't even know how the water will come. You won't see any wind. It won't look like anything is happening, but I, the Lord, will give you water. And Bible says they woke up the next morning and there was water everywhere. And the water would contribute to the defeat of the Moabites because they were in their place. And when they looked at the water from where they were, they were seeing the water as blood. How scary is that? When we pray again, when we seek God again, we will come into manifestation of his word and his will. God is committed. God is committed to his word. He's committed to his will. And if anything looks like it's coming against it, just go back to source. Go back to the one who has all knowledge, the one who knows it all, the one who is able to lead you into all truth. Stay connected to that. And you will receive word, instruction. Sometimes even in the silence, your heart will know. Your heart will know. It could come through a person. God could minister it to you himself. You could open the word and that exact thing you need to hear will be before you. But just pray again. Have enough faith to come before God. Have enough faith. Have enough faith to pray again. This morning, we just want to come before God. The year has started. We heard the word on increase. And we started out the year with hopes and 
and, and, and great ideas. And then it's been a few weeks into the year, I would say. And things look like, ah, uh, maybe I should take a few steps back or and it doesn't look like you're getting the increase. Some of you are using full prizes to judge God in his word of increase. Yes. Someone, a friend of mine, put on her status. She said, look, full prizes. And she's not in Ghana. She said, full prizes is the new pandemic in the world. But some of us are using full prizes to judge God's word. We are saying, God, it was hard before, but now it's like <laughs> extra. I ask you, have you come to your knees before God and said to God, this is what it is. What do I do in the midst of it? What do I do in the midst? What do I do in the midst of the lack when you have spoken increase? When you have told us, you told us as a house, in, in August, entering into September last year, you told us about moving us from the place of wilderness into a fruitful field and even into the forest dimension. You spoke to us from Isaiah 32. And here we are, so much is going on. Do we give up? Do we turn back? Do we change our minds about the word? You know, sometimes you want to help God. You feel like you, God will disgrace himself. So you want to water down the word. So as a pastor, maybe I won't say those things that God said before. No, I'll start to say, you know, let's just trust God. Let's just believe God. But no, God spoke. What do we do? We come back to our knees and he will speak again. And he has spoken again. He says, it's a small thing. It's an insignificant thing. For you to have water. That is the problem you think you have come upon. But I the Lord I am able to even give you the Moabites. I'm able to bring them under you. What is it that you are going through? What is it that has come up? Maybe it's your health. You felt you were getting strong and you were okay. And then all of a sudden you get into this year and you, you want to do more. But something in your body is holding you back. Maybe it's in your marriage and, you know, you, you, you just thought everything would be fine now. You started that venture and you thought, oh, everything is going to go well. And then all of a sudden something happens and everything gets, gets lost. What do you do then? You're on your path living, doing what you, you want to do and then something shows up that you didn't expect. What happens? Get back on your knees. Get back on your knees. Pray again. God is concerned about every part. Pray again. Pray again. Pray again. Pray again. Pray again. Pray again. He's willing to intervene. He's ready to intervene. He's willing to speak. He's ready to speak. He's ready to lead you. He wants to make it clear to you. He wants to give you his mind and his perspective. Don't let the things happening around you cloud your judgment. Pray again. Seek the Lord again. And in this moment, you just want to bring that before God. Whatever area of your life. You thought by now, someone sent me a message and he said, 
you know, I really wanted to go and study outside and everything looked like it was going to work. And then it just backfired and it can kill our faith. You thought you had fought those battles already and then you get into this other place and it looks like more arrows are coming against you. It, it, it can shift your faith and shake you. But if you would come back to the place of prayer, you will receive strength. You will know how to deal with it. God will release his word. God will bring clarity. God will bring direction. God will bring direction. God will work in you. God will make you as he wants you to make. He wants to make you as he wants to make you. And so, Father, we pray again. As a church and as individuals, we pray again. We pray again this morning, oh God, we pray again. We bring our lives before you, God. You are the one who issued us forth. Even before we were formed in our mother's wombs, you knew us and you had ordained us for various purposes. And Lord God, your word tells us clearly that without you we can do nothing and so we come back to source. We come back to source and we pray again concerning our lives. We pray again concerning our church. We pray again concerning the work of our hands. We pray again concerning, Lord God, our education. We pray again concerning, Lord God, our callings and our giftings and our ministries. We pray again, Lord God, concerning marriage. We pray again concerning singlehood. Lord God, any aspect of our lives, we pray again. You have the words of life. You are the one who knows the way that we should go. You are the one who charts our paths for us and so show us. Not our will, Jesus said, but yours be done. Lord, that is our cry this morning. Not my will, but yours be done. Lord God, how I wish this, but not even according to my feelings, not even according to the situations around us. When you want to do something in our lives, Bible tells us that you will do it according to your way. Not according to the money I have. According to your riches and glory. So why won't I come back to you? We come back. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Speak to us again. Give us vision again. Clarify. Clarify those things that we have forgotten. Remind us. Jesus said to his disciples in those few chapters that leading to his death, in those private moments with them, he tells them that, see, I'm sending you another comforter. He will lead you into all truth. And those things that you have even forgotten, he will bring you into remembrance. What is it that we've missed? What is it that we've forgotten? What is it that we've drifted away from? Bring us back.
Thank you because it is you who works in us to will and to do. Thank you because it's not by our power, it's not by mind, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord God. Bible tells us how Jesus was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to fast. Lord God, we know that your hand upon us will bring us into places and dimensions of prayer where, Lord God, we can access and lay hold on manifestations of all that you have said and all that you have spoken. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We're sure you were blessed. Let's get interactive also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ICGC Revival Temple. Connect with Pastor Jennifer on YouTube and all her other social media handles. God bless you.